Shay is a pastor, y'all. <laughs> the Access More Podcast Network has faith-based shows about culture, family, and entertainment without all the other noise so you can discover inspiring conversations easier. Start listening today at accessmore.com. <laughs> and, and for the introvert that I, I am that people don't always understand, it was heavy, but edifying. Shay's a pastor now, and you're Ooh. two days in. Two days in, and already being challenged. Yes. <laughs> already being challenged. Yes. The, so we're going to just kind of walk through, because I don't know, I don't really know. There's there's different things in my head about like ways this could go, but I think that it's important for us to mm. take a second and just reflect on what is the calling of a pastor? How do people become pastors? I mean, it's different depending on denomination, and it can be different church by church. But then, like, what's a life of a pastor like? What are some of the things that they're called to? And then how can everyone who's not a pastor, which is the vast majority of us, uh, how can we, you know, just prepare our hearts and minds to to serve with pastors, pray for pastors, and view them in a way that doesn't cause our own spiritual walk to struggle and stumble, mm. you know? So, Expound on that last one. I think a lot of times I've seen people lose their faith or completely mm. step away from church because of what a pastor has done. Right. And then there's the quotes and the citations of First and Second Timothy and Titus about what a pastor is called right. to. Yet, at the end, at the heart, this isn't about other people and how well they can perform what the Lord wants for us, but rather a relationship with Jesus himself. And if that is not being taught in a church, then there's already disservice. If it's not being expound upon in Bible studies, if it's not happening in discipleship, if you aren't figuring that out by reading your Bible, then yeah, when a pastor falls, fails, or offends you, you're going to feel it deeper. Um, and your own faith and your own walk with the Lord might get really might get shaken rocked. up. Yeah, might get rocked. And, and so I think above all else, it's not just like, oh, you know, pastors have it hard, pray for them and be nice and let, let everything slide. That's definitely not no. it. But, but when, when a pastor falls and suddenly half the congregation is questioning their faith, well, then we have to look deeper at that. Because that's the that's a bigger issue than the fact that the pastor stumbled, in my opinion. Right. You know, I I, I look at this and and okay, yeah, I, I was ordained, mm-hmm. uh, humbled, like yeah. like completely humbled, calling. Mm-hmm. Definitely believe it was calling. Believe it was something where God was guiding me. So long before mm-hmm. even the idea of being ordained, right. I was already looking at First Timothy, Second Timothy, Titus. Yeah. I was like, okay, <laughs> where am I falling short? Because honestly, we all fall short. We all fall short of the glory of God, but that's the reason we have the glory of God. That's why reason we have the grace of God. That's the reason we have the mercy of God. Right. And so going through this um, process, you know, when you look at how it all started for us and how we started in the church and how, you know, serving just became a part of our, our, our ministry as well to the church and with the church, um, growing in with men's ministry, with life group ministry, now teens ministry with Michelle. Yes. Uh, we just, it was always this perpetual, perpetual uh, movement, it's hard to talk right? At this yeah. Point. yeah, perpetual movement. Yeah, towards you know being a leader within the church. Yes, um, and and then having that title of bishop. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, 
I didn't push it. It wasn't like I woke up one day and I started dreaming about being a pastor. <laughs> Never really had that in my heart like like that. But right. it was like, hey, I'm here to serve. I'm here to serve people. Mm-hmm. And I think that is where a lot of us can sit there. Even, okay, you know, we say pastors and we might talk a lot about the, the office of pastor in this in this in this episode, but really when we look at these things and we, we can look at these things as men and women and look at positions and roles and all of these and get something out of it and glean something out of it that we can also apply to life. I believe a man, though not even, maybe not called to pastoralship, can still glean huge amounts of information out of First Timothy, Second Timothy and Titus. Yeah, I think it's important what you're saying about how you didn't really strive to become a pastor in that sense. You strove to be the things a pastor is. Right. And often we see in certain subsets of Christianity, this big emphasis on titles. Mm. You know, there's, it's, there is that verse that says desiring the office of pastor is a good thing that you shouldn't feel bad if you want to be a pastor. Like you shouldn't feel guilty or self-conscious or shame. Like that's prideful of you to want that because really it's calling to even deeper levels of servitude. So it's, so that's not the issue. But when you're looking at it and saying, I want that title, I want what that title brings me. I want this status. I want this position. Um, I know people that have been hurt by being in circles where that's how it's seen, where who the pastor's son, who's going to be a pastor because his dad's a pastor, marries is like everybody's business because she's going to be the pastor's wife. And, and it's like, (laughs) are these people human or are they like celebrities in a soap opera, you know? (laughs) And so I, I think that that's very important for us to realize is these are other human beings called to deeper levels of service, not the people snazzy that talk good on stage even if they are, even if they are snazzy and they talk good on stage, there are deeper levels of responsibility there. And that's the thing to fall in love with and pursue even before trying to get the title. Right. So that that verse, uh, 1 Timothy 3, 1, where it says that this is a true saying, if a man desires the office of bishop, he desire a good work. Yes. And and so when we look at this, we're looking at this from a good work, but there's another verse, I'm gonna pull this real fast. Um, Because... There's a verse that I don't know that a lot of people gr- gravitate towards. Yeah. You know, sometimes, and it depends. I mean, no, I think a real pastor, a person who really is being called into the business, this is the first verse that comes across your, your plate and you're like, that's, that's heavy, it's deep, and it's in James. Okay. Uh, James 3.1, it says, my brethren, let not many of you become teachers. Right. Knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. That's tough. And, and I think that when I came in this, because you know, you come from a life like I came from. Yeah. They have all kinds of like, y'all, my closet is deep. But it's not deep now, yeah. but it was deep. Or it's deep, but it echoes because everything's out of it. You know what I mean? It's empty now. But, but, but there's enough out there. So like, I think, I think that was another thing that came out quick and just said, let me just share my testimony because yes. then it can't be used against me right. later. Like right. you were hiding something. But when you have that and you start, and you, you take things seriously because you take the things of God seriously. You take grace seriously. You take love seriously. You take mercy seriously. You start thinking about like, wow, this is where I came from and this is where, I, where God brought me. 
Um, it has nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with God. And so when you start sitting in that position, you start thinking about this position, you start really, I started digging in. I'm like, wait, is God taking me in this direction? You know, nine and a half years later, here I am. Uh, first was Bible college, learning Bible college, you know, like learning in there, le- learning the Bible. And then as you start to learn, as you see your pastor up there, you know, the loving, gracious, awesome guy, right? Not that pastor that like destroys people and, and hurts people, but like definitely just shows this grace and mercy and, right. and love, right? And, and you're watching him and how he handles things is always perfect. Not really, mm-hmm. but, but perfect enough, you know, it's good enough. Mm-hmm. And, and just watching how they respond and then watching those other pastors that I'm around all the time because of GGWO who just lifted me and boosted me in and held me up. Not in, even in a put, think no one was thinking pastor just investment, just investment and love and grace. I feel like a few were and, thinking pastor. Yeah, I, I'm sure. But it wasn't something being forced, hmm. coerced, right. Strong on. Well, I will say, oh, not, not course you know. force, but my pastor did saying, I need, I well, want to ordain you. <laughs> well, yeah, I think there were, in, there was intention over time, right? Right, over but time. But then there was also the struggle, like, to be more transparent, like, to help people understand, like, you have gone through a path mm. where, so before Christ, there were a lot of accolades. Right. And you achieved a lot of things. And we don't need to go into detail on what they are, but like constant um, upranks, constant accolades, constant awards. Successes. Successes. And then you come to church and there was that season where I would say from an from me, not an outsider, but from the external looking in, like you were gone, you were in a gauntlet of none of your achievements matter, which is what the word says. Like all of our work is filthy rags, but like, yeah, except everyone wanted my graphic design skills. So yeah, they were filthy rags, but guess what? We going to use them. You know what I mean? Like, oh, Michelle, you know, like I got encouragement and accolades. They came very easily from others. But you went through this drought where like your accolades were kind of not acknowledged, not mentioned, even when you, you were constantly serving. Right. And yet it was not being constantly celebrated constantly even acknowledged however people were seeing it right but i do think that god prepares men for this service because in Mm. that sense and i mean i want to hear how you kind of experience but like in that sense it seemed like it was like the 12-step program to break you of any residue Mm. of that so that you would just serve for none of that you were going to just serve and not with like even if no one said anything so I think that's I think, I think that was necessary. Um, yeah. However, it plays out. However, it is. I know. You know, when you look back and you look at everything, you're like, you're loved, right? Yeah. There was no doubt when you look back. You're Absolutely. loved. But there was this instant struggle because you're okay. So fine. The pornography, the 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 drugs, and, and everything yeah. else. The, the PTSD is stripped away. But there's this pride, and there's still this residue. I like what you said. This residue mm-hmm. left over of like, hey, I, I I need to hear I'm good. I need to hear this. Um, that didn't go away. Mm-hmm. And so when you get in the church, I think that sometimes we hold that back in the church. We're not always, always forthcoming. I have tried <laughs> to be a little bit more like encouraging. Like, hey, mm-hmm. great job, you know, and, and kind of edify, build up. And, but, you know, it's okay. Yeah. Because right. in that season, 
I needed to be able to have God tell me I'm okay. Mm -hmm. I needed the idea of man telling me okay to be stripped away. Right. And, and, and it's okay to tell people they're okay. I mean, yeah, that's no, what I'm is. saying. But in my situation, yes. I needed a, the removal of this. Right. Because I needed to be tied into Christ. Yeah. And I needed that. And so that was the, the propulsion, the propulsion, right? Mm-hmm. That was moving me forward. Yeah. And I needed this. It, and so when you look back at all of the, like, like the nine and a half years, you're like, huh, God's amazing. And like halfway through, <laughs> we started, I think I was the one who started because you dare not say it out loud first, right? But like, I was like, I think he's preparing you because Pastor had started mm. saying something to to the tune of like ordination one day, right. um, potentially, you know, being plugged in at that level. And I started looking at things differently then because right. at first I was confused. Mm. And the other struggle is often people throw those kind of things my way very quickly. Right. And honestly, I could say I would grow a lot from a drought because of my own insecurities and fear of failure and thinking that what I give people is what my worth is and right. those things I fight. So I think I would deal, but God knows best, right? right, right. But, but I was like, so why is it that like anything I do gets the dumb applause and Shay could like lift the church building off the ground and move it to a better location with better shade and like people would be like oh hey so and so over there uh thanks for like sweeping and like no one would say anything to you right but it wasn't that they didn't love you and when you weren't around people speak so highly of you but I was always like at that time I was like this ain't right. This feels weird. What's going on? And then suddenly I had not the worldly glasses that use worldly mm. weights and measures. Now I had on, I had a window into the way God sees things. Right. So I was starting to look at his ways and his thoughts being higher. And I was like, he's being prepared for something. You know, and I started realizing that pretty much like once we were engaged right, right, right. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And I wasn't anti it at all. I didn't know when it would happen. If it would have, I didn't know what God's plan, but, but I, I saw that. And I think that that's common in pastoral lives, especially because you're held accountable and you need to, and there's a danger. It, it warns not to let the young, young ones get to that level too fast because of pride. Right. And, and I think that's where we can jump into the, to what it was read to me yeah. during ordination, because yeah. that actually kind of brings in the first point. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the first points, so Pastor Love, Pastor Shibs, you know, didn't preach mm-hmm. on Sunday, but yeah. Pastor Love, he gave him the mic and said, hey, what'd you have? And actually, Pastor Love had like four points right. that we have on paper right here that he brought up in the ordination and, and looked at me in the eye and said, these are things that you should possess. Right. And I think here, this, this is really important because we're talking about being being accepted by people mm-hmm. versus being accepted by God. Mm-hmm. And we have to get to that comfortable position of being accepted by God. And that has to be healing enough. Right. Because God is who matters. Christ is who matters. What people say is nice. But honestly, as when you start getting into leadership roles, and especially if you're preaching from the pulpit. Right. There is going to be times when you preach a message that might not be received well from all. Mm-hmm. Or it might be really received by all. Mm-hmm. And so the first point was God has called you to preach the word. When God, okay, God has called you to preach the word when it's convenient or inconvenient. Mm-hmm. And really, when I started thinking about this, of course, St. Timothy, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you get to St. Timothy 4 2 says, preach the word, be instant in season, mm-hmm. um, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort, and, and with all long suffering and doctrine. Mm-hmm. 
we as as leaders, even ministers of the Word of God, mm-hmm. see that this is where I say, hey, these can carry over. Because if we go out there and fluffify all of our messages and we don't speak truth in love, and, that, and that's another important part in here too, mm-hmm. but speaking this truth in love and, and being able to share what the Holy Spirit has laid on your heart at the expense of hearing back right. either positive or negative thoughts towards what you're speaking. Mm-hmm. Now, this means when I'm saying this, this means that it's something the Holy Spirit guided. It's a message the Holy Spirit laid on your heart. You're not having any, you know, ill will of man and all that, the getting invited, the pride right. of man or anything like that, right. where you're just like, you see something, now you need to preach something. No, I don't just see something and I need to preach something. I preach what the Holy Spirit has laid on my heart. Now, if that happens to touch you, whatever way that is, then I've done what the Holy Spirit wants me to do. Right. And that's so important, too, is just the level of surrender mm. that I think is ex- not, do I want to say expected? You're called to. Um, you're called to a deep level of surrender to both inspire and model it for us, but also because that's what's required right. to make this happen. And I think we live in a society where there's, most of the past, I mean, if you know the names of pastors other than the ones in your own congregation, chances are, it's not everybody, but chances are they're famous pastor names right. of big churches and they've written many books and they you know, have this certain type of presence on stage and it's not to beat them up, um, but to say that you're not really knowing them intimately. Right. You're hearing a lot of sermons from people you do not ha- feel as compelled to actively pray for. You're not able to connect with them as a, a real human being often. Um, and you're not seeing anything but the show. Right. And I'm not even saying that in a slanderous way, because like if you have the money to both support the community and have 4K quality video for the 32,000 people watching live online every week, I think it'd do be like it. 10K or something. Right? Right? It's like there's so many people wanting to watch. Let's let them watch something crisp and clear. Let's bless right. their eyeballs, right? But, and plus, that's like a one time expense, but I digress. Uh, but once you get, you know, you, you, you see this and then you're like, oh, since it's so visual, what are they wearing? Right. How do they hold themselves? Right. How do they walk across the state? You know, all this stuff. And you're not really seeing what they're called to in their day-to-day life. There's no way to check, right? And, and so it's important to not carry that onto the pastor in your own church, right. but really get to know that person in your own church and realize what they're called to and, and encourage them back. Mm-hmm. Because I think they know that encouragement is important. How often do we encourage our pastors past good sermon? I think we're all great at saying great sermon, pastor, you know, at least once a year. But do we are we actively encouraging this person in this role? I think I got convicted of that recently, too. I'm like, all I ever say to our pastors is like good sermon. I'm going to share something right here. No, I want to say something right <laughs> yeah. here. If you're going to do that, have a point. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like what hey, did you like? Pastor, great sermon. I loved what you said, or I like what you said, or hey, what does this mean? Or hold on, watch challenge. Nothing wrong with challenging either. Mm -hmm. Like in that sense of like, hey, I heard this. Right, Right. in love. (laughs) Um, But right, but but again, on our side, Mm -hmm. that should not be a thing that that plays a part in how I preach or don't preach. Exactly. Um, 
it's nice to hear. Hey, let's yeah. be real. And, and, and look, pastors say thank you mm-hmm. uh, and move on. You know, like, but it's also nice to hear a point. Wait, what? Good sermon. Okay, so what was good? Right. Because I, I hit some points in there. So what, what hits you? Because what that does is it gives us an idea of like, what was the impact that, that really hit your heart? Mm-hmm. Because Michelle or, or someone else in, in the congregation might actually have a different part of the sermon that hit them differently right. or hit them in a different way. Right. And it's kind of cool to see like how the Holy Spirit's working mm-hmm. and impacting people. Yeah. So it's not really even like I said anything. It's like, oh, yeah. that's sweet. Because I mean, we get that anyway. So long yeah. before all of like where I'm at now, we run a life group and we have close community and we have people who talk. And so when and they talk mm-hmm. and so we get to hear like these impacts of, of what the Holy Spirit's laid on my heart to teach for those the, the series of the week or, right. or whatever it is. And so it's really cool to hear the, the successes or or the challenges or the things that they're struggling with and fighting mm-hmm. with. Right. And, and then being able to walk along and encourage because I think we break down a lot, mm-hmm. um, especially in Christian community. But I'm not going to get into that. This whole different right, episode. Right. But but. I think that we need to encourage more. But here's where it leads into point number two mm-hmm. with, with, with uh, Pastor Love, right? Yeah. <laughs> point number two that he looked at me in the eye and said, <laughs> that, and it meant a lot. Like, it's like, you're listening. Mm-hmm. Uh, never stop dispensing grace to people. Mm. God doesn't. Right. And God's, you're literally the model. Yes. <laughs> but watch this. Michelle, you're the model. Exactly. Y'all listening. Thank you for pointing out. You're the model of this never stop dispensing grace to people. James 4, 6 says it. Because watch this. God's grace. But he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud. Mm -hmm. But he gives grace to the humble. So there's two things. I mean, watch this. God still, there's grace for pride. Like, his grace is there. It's available. Mm -hmm. It never goes away. How we tap into that grace Depends on our heart, how we're thinking, how our mind is, how puffed up our chest is, mm-hmm. how humble our ch- how humble we are. Mm-hmm. Um, but we start to see the application of grace throughout. And if we look at the Bible, a continuing theme that is throughout the whole Bible, not only redemption and restoration, but we see his grace. Right. And we can give that to people. We don't always have to just like, look, <laughs> church is full of broken people. Mm-hmm. Church is not perfect. Right. Pastors are not perfect. Nope. Again, the, the body of Christ, we'll, we'll go universal here. The body of Christ is full of broken people. Right. So then you narrow that down to the local assembly. You still got broken people. Mm-hmm. And grace, his grace is sufficient. Right. I think it's important to note there. It's so imp- you're a human being. And we should not hold our pastor to a mm. higher standard than every right. person that's, that ever contributed to the Bible. Um, one, none of our pastors can be Christ himself. Right. So we don't even have to mention Jesus in this sense, but the wisest and richest man written of and author of the Bible had 700 concubines and 300 wives. Okay, so no matter how wise your pastor is, he can still mess up. The Old Testament, I'll say star character, the character that showed up, aside from the Lord himself, the most, David, still messed up, killed his best friend, stole his wife, committed adultery, all this stuff, right? Okay, so even David. So your pastor is probably not going to be better than David. So why even set the bar that high? And then if we go to the New Testament, the author that wrote more than anything else, Paul, 
he still didn't have enough faith in that one kid right? Mark. <laughs> Mark. John Mark. John Mark. And ditched the brother. Mark. He was fed up with him. Didn't have enough grace to dispense for that brother at the moment. And the dude ended up writing and contributing and being one of his best friends later. So even then, Paul, who your pastor probably ain't Paul, right? <laughs> you know, But Paul lost faith and hope in a human being mm. and didn't want to tolerate that person so can we really expect our pa- pastor to be better than David Solomon and Paul? That makes us sound like the crazy person. And I, and I also... You know what's funny is, is, is they're men. They're just men. They're men. Used why, by and God. Why, and not everything. Yeah. God, Jesus said, <laughs> if I put everything in, in this Bible... <laughs> right, right. So, right. so, but that would be me forecasting and 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 putting. Yeah. But but we don't have all of it. Yeah. And then if you want to look at God's grace, look at Saul. Yeah. He looks at looks and he says, "You will see your sons in paradise," mm-hmm. because he was God's possession. Yeah. And so and we see this grace, ditch. right? He and does he not ditch. ditch. And so in those kind of situations in our local church, because I've been thinking about it a lot, especially because, okay, now I'm a pastor's wife and there's a whole other way people, women view pastor's wives, um, you know, and I literally, after the ordination, I I went up to my friends after I was like, don't treat me different. Don't treat me different. Don't treat me different. (laughs) And what's funny is I don't expect that they would be the ones to treat me different, but people coming in brand new off the street. Okay. Here are the four pastor's wives in our church. So sitting there looking at what an elder's wife is called to, I was like, well, technically, yes, if you're an elder's wife, it's definitely important Mm. to lean on these traits. But also, if you're a human woman that loves Jesus, it's great to lean on these traits in the same way that you spent your Christian life walking the role of a pastor before anyone even said the word pastor. That was just what you were trying to do, not to get the title, but because you're like, these are beneficial. (laughs) These are godly things. A man of one wife, a man of one wife. Hello. You know, like it's not just, you know, it's not just a pastor called to that, you know? And so that I'm going to still not be afraid to be human, not be afraid to share my struggles, not be afraid to ask for prayer not be afraid to not get it right every time mm. and not be afraid to apologize and also not be afraid when someone is offended by something I do and try to quickly cover it up or, or backpedal or rather just come with, with the courage of God and ask for apology where it matters so that I continue the tradition that already exists in our church right. Right. of the women treating their pastor's wives as human women that they can approach and confide in and be the confidant of, that's something that's in our church. And if that's something, if, if that's something that's not yet in your church, try to commit and pray to the Lord and let you be the one who can be the one that a pastor or a pastor's wife or a pastor's kid can go to for help and prayer and support without it being, did you hear? Right. That the pastor's wife right. of all people is struggling. Right. Did you hear what the pastor's child is dealing with? <laughs> There's wisdom in there because right. you did start seeking out um, advice from yeah. some of the pastor's wives. Yeah. Um, and also some of the elder women. I, I don't want to call them that because they're 
more seasoned women in yes, the church. Yes. Uh, that have That's been the other thing. Don't be, yeah. don't be offended by age. Get right. over it. We all age. It's not a tragedy. Like, <laughs> but, but, I, but there's but, a better word than saying <laughs> the, elders, the elder women in the church. But the, the more seasoned right. or, or if it's mature. Not an, if it's not an insult to the men right. to be called elders, right. then women need to just get over <laughs> well, okay. it and be like, I am a wonderful, strong survivor of this crazy world that has been here 52 years. Get over it. Yeah. Be godly. Thank God. Which brings us to, which, which, which again, you're, the way you led in is leading into another great point. Yes. You know, point number three, there is not a pew in church in the world where you will not find a broken person. Mm. Kind of where we're talking about this. Psalms 147.3 says, he heals the broken heart and binds up their wounds. Um, <laughs> wow. That's like God's work. Mm-hmm. God does amazing things. Mm-hmm. God does amazing work. God is constantly challenging us, convicting us, guiding us, loving on us. I'm going to keep going through these words of love, grace, and mercy. It's just, it's because it's so important in, in our walk to understand that we're going through stuff. We're going through change. We're, we're, we're trying and striving and, 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 and desiring. Mm-hmm. And in that, <laughs> you know, it's like, there are changes that have to take place in courses that say, so like when you're sitting there talking about, don't, don't look at, oh, that's the pastor's kid. Oh, that's the pastor's wife. Or watch this. Right. Oh, that lady over there. We are so blessed in our church not to have that. Yeah. We are so blessed in our church that we, 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 we come together and we talk together. We pray together. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, maybe there's a feeling out there, but honestly, I've never, never really said, maybe the women are talking like on the side to one another if they have a problem with each other, but it never carries out into this brush fire of just gossip. Mm-hmm. And that is beautiful. Yeah. And, and the men, you know, come together like men do. <laughs> and we talk about a couple <laughs> things. And, All right, let's go. Mostly, <laughs> no, like definitely no gossip. It's right. too much yeah. about food and sports and I don't know. <laughs> and, and, so, and so, you know, it, there's broken heart. So then it carries me into, actually, there, we, we said there's there's four, but there's actually five. Oh, yeah, because that's. Because, yeah. because watch this. This Remember carries. One, yeah. Always choose mercy over judgment. This mm-hmm. is this right here. This, this even created some talk on, on t- Twitter because I actually used it. <laughs> mercy rejoices over judgment. It is amazing that in the Beatitudes, Matthew 5. Where he sits there and where God, Jesus sitting there saying, blessed are the merciful for they shall obtain mercy. Where's our mercy? Where's our mercy? Where's our mercy? Where's our mercy? Mm-hmm. Um, we are so quick to judge. It's mm-hmm. just, it's, it's like human nature is. And there's so many YouTube accounts that literally make it their entire job to defend spending all the time judging. Right. <laughs> and I'm just like, don't buy into that. Right. You will, don't, don't buy into that. Do not become the curmudgeon with no hope to right. s- dispense. We, we, we like to stomp down, press down, and not build up. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying everybody, if you're listening right now, man, mm-hmm. hey, continue encouraging if that's what you do. Can keep encouraging. Mm-hmm. Because here's, here's the end of the day. You, if we live merciful towards other people in this loving position, and that doesn't mean we hold back, doesn't mean that we don't tell, speak truth. I'm just letting you know. Mm-hmm. There's ways to do this. There's ways to have a conversation. You know, people on, on social media sit there and say, well, I wouldn't have a chance to sit down privately and talk to them, so I have to let them know. No, then don't let them know. There will be a brother. Right. <laughs> or, or, or somebody around a brother, usually, mm-hmm. around them right. that might hear this, see this, witnesses, or be a part of this, who will call them right. and say, 
you know what? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Let's talk about this. Trust. <laughs> There's so many people out there that know people and it's, it's tied in. But being known and remembered as a merciful man mm-hmm. or woman is huge. Yeah. You don't have to be a pastor right. for that. Like that's a tra- All of these things are things that are so powerful oh. in the hands of a pastor, but they're also so powerful in the hands of me, right. of any believer. These are the things that make people snap out of a vacant stare of you know, damnation right. and wake up to the hope of salvation. Right. These are the things that wake people out of a trance. Right. Love it. Love it. Lastly, mm-hmm. guard your heart. Yes. Again, another great point. Now, mm-hmm. granted, let me just say something. <clears throat> As you move through ministry mm-hmm. and you take on different roles or, or, or different ministries you will come into some form of conflict. Mm-hmm. Whether it's a internal spiritual conflict or something coming against you, trying to do something, to, trying to get you to do something. Case in point, yesterday. <laughs> we, was it yesterday or Sunday? I think it might. No, it was yesterday. Are we talking about the Jeep? The Jeep. Yeah. So that would be Sunday. That was yesterday on the way to Silver Diner. Okay. Yesterday, Silver Diner. We're driving down. Two days in. I'm two days in to being a pastor. What? Yeah, this is day two. Day yeah, two, that was day, day two, two. Right? We're driving down. This guy spits at the car. Our window's down. Of course, I, you know, maybe he heard me. Maybe he didn't. I'm like, wow, that dude spit at my car. And then he spit at my car again. <laughs> and I was just like, I was just floored. I'm like, oh, okay. And then he really <laughs> went out and spit. And I'm like, Okay, and so we drive off, and we're both driving, and I'm in, and I, you know, I move over a lane. He's in one lane. He's like, there's three lanes, and next thing you know, he just plows right at us, mm-hmm. and I'm like, okay, because I mean, there's some crazy drivers in DC, yeah. so I'm just like, mm, maybe that's whatever. So I, since he's in the third lane over here now, I'm, I go the way over there, and I'm like, let me just, <laughs> mm-hmm. let me just get out of his way. Well, he comes at us again. Mm-hmm. Now, now it's we clear. know. Now it's clear that he's trying to like. And he's coming at us. That was clear he hates us. I'm having to ease up. I'm trying to do a little defensive driving there. I'm like, I've got my child in the car. I've got my sister in the car. I've got Michelle in the car. Old Shay. Tokyo Drift. Oh, Old Shay Shay would have been all up in it, window down, whatever, whatever. And then, you know, we're paralleling. I get on with 911. I'm slowing down. He's slowing down. You know, I'm trying to do everything to avoid... um, and next thing you know, he does his thing and does his whatever and ugly finger. And they're also they're filming us too. I'm like, okay, whatever. Well, we pull off the road and we go. And we just called 911 and said they, they, they were coming after us. Things are going to come against us. Things are going to challenge us. But do I choose mercy for that guy in that moment? Mm-hmm. Grace, love, don't act like the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. Don't get puffed up. Don't get buffed up. And, and, and like roll my wind down, start like, who are you? What's up? What's up? No. Yeah, you don't have to have a gorilla battle banging right. chests. And, and so I, I, surprisingly enough, right, handled it correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a long that's a that's a long road that that's happened. But watch, Proverbs uh, four twenty three says, "Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life." You know, I walked away from that calmer than I would ever walk away. I've been thinking about it for days or hours or and it gave me the ability to be present Mm -hmm. 
to go to the silver diner and love on people still, not be in my own face, my own mode, my own right. my own my own self. Right. But it kept kept me in a position to be open and be loving and merciful to other people and be available. Yeah. Guarding your heart's so important. And I think that the more you guard your heart, the more you can respond in these situations. I think sometimes people think, Whoa, I'm so impressed with how you guarded your heart in that moment. And it's like, nah. I was guarding my heart before that moment, which allowed the moment to pass without me doing what I normally used to do because it's, it's that exercising, right? Like you don't guard, I mean, you do, you can't pull up and start guarding when someone starts hitting you, but you've already kind of lost some ground and you have to make up ground. Mm. But if you're already on guard, then when it does come, there's no makeup moment. You're, right. you're, you're guarded. Right. And that really helps. And praying for your congregation to exercise these four things, these five things, mm. um, is so important because it's, because the other thing I've noticed is that it's, it can definitely, the culture definitely can start with a pastor, but the people must receive it and replicate it mm. for it to, become the culture and not just one man. And what you can trust is that the Holy Spirit replicates godliness. So when a pastor filled with the Holy Spirit is trying to put forth a fruitful culture and people start seeing it and waking up out of whatever trance and whatever worldly pattern they're stuck in and they start realizing the reality of this space, then they start they can start showing that right back to each and every person that they encounter. Right. But we need to be receptive. And so guard your heart against ungodliness, but open your heart to godliness right. and know that and, and pray to know the difference between the two. Right. So, yeah. And always yeah. remember that we've been we've been given stewardship, mm-hmm. not ownership. Right. Yeah. It's <laughs> God's so, flock so it's God's in your flock. hands. Yeah. It's his, to the, it's his universal degree. church, his body. Yeah. And he was he is just appointing people to watch over that for him until right. he comes for yes. his flock. Amen. Um, amen. But also I want to say just in, in, in close on this because I think it's important because it's like guard your heart, guard your heart. Right. But also know the grace because, again, it's going to go back to grace for me every time. Yes. I believe in grace. I believe in the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. And I also believe that he is there when we're not. <laughs> when, when I'm faithful, he is still faithful. Uh, and so a verse I pulled was Psalm 73, 26 says, my flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. And look, that's all of us, y'all. We are not perfected yet. We have not hit our glorified bodies. So therefore, we're still in a sanctification process. We are, we are moving through this world together as a body of Christ. And we should, and we should be moving together. Right. We should be flowing together. We should have springs flowing out of us of living life and water, right? And uh, hardest thing for me to do is talk about being a pastor. Don't worry. But... I, I promised him that I'm not changing the logo to say with Pastor <laughs> Shay and Michelle it. Watson. It's still Shay and Michelle Watson. In fact, people from the church are like, do we call you pastor now? And I'm like, look, pray about it. Because <laughs> like, I'm about praying about it. Look, if you don't want to, don't. But look, pray about it. I, I, I'm at that position in my life where I'm like, y'all, I don't care. I'm praying. I'm like, new people, yes. <laughs> you can be grandfathered. Grandfather and everybody. But see, for me, I'm no, like, I know, I know, I'm I know. like I know. hey, look, 
I'm here still to do the same thing that I was doing before pastor recognized me and brought me in to help. I think some people, it brings a sense of comfort when they say pastor before the name, just because it almost in that moment, and this is just me, like reminds me who I'm talking to. And it's almost like this fatherly figure kind of thing. Like not for you, (laughs) chill out, chill out. But like, there's like, there's like this, this is a pastor who, like they're a pastor. I'm reminded of everything that that means in that moment. You know? and, I'm, and I'm not going to be the guy that says, says just call me Shay. No, no, you know, hey, look, if that's what you want to call me, call me that. If you want to call me Shay, call me that. I'm okay. I'm not on either side of that fence. But I know that God has called me. Yeah. I know that I take it very seriously. Yeah. But I also know that in all of these lessons that we just went through, it is beneficial to the complete and universal body. Amen. So y'all, thank you so much. If you want to continue to help us and support the show, go to patreon.com slash the pantry podcast and get show notes at the pantry podcast.com. So until next time. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. The pantry podcast is also honored to be featured on the edify app, spark radio, spark media on uplifted and eternity ready radio.